Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Get up, you son of a bitch, because Petros loves you. Hello and welcome to Caged In Presents Coppola Connections. This is episode 51. We've had like a month off of each other, guys. I hope you're all well. If you're new to this here podcast, what we do over here is we watch every single film in the collective Coppola family filmography to determine are they the greatest film family of all time. This week, we will be looking at the final instalment, for us at least, of the Rocky saga, Rocky V, and Talia Shire's last outing. Unfortunately, she dies in the interim between this and Rocky Balboa. Joining me to determine, are the Coplers the greatest film family of all time? And does Talia Shire get a good send-off as the character of Adrian Balboa? Is Dave Curtis from the fantastic unequal sequel podcast but there'll be more on that shortly as ever we will be going through this film blow by blow we'll talking everything knocking it on on the streets we'll be we'll be going for it we'll just we'll we'll we'll, we'll go for it as this film's tagline uh, tells us again more on that shortly so yeah there'll be spoilers plenty throughout this so if you haven't seen this film Go out and watch it. I think it's on Amazon now because they own MGM. Who knows anymore? They also own the James Bond films and they took them off. But uh, that's not uh, time for that chat right now. So all that's left to do is to sprinkle your money on bad investments because you've got a deadbeat brother-in-law. Get back to the street. Start smoking again and train somebody who may be bad news as we make some Coppola Connections. been through four rounds with rocky now we're back for the fifth and final time this time however we're not stepping into the ring we're taking it to the streets as we look at rocky five released in 1990 written by sylvester stallone and directed by returning director john g avilton 
who had directed the first installment in the Rocky saga. This film stars Sylvester Stallone, Burt Young, Richard Gant, Tommy Morrison, Sage Stallone, and today's Coppola connection, Talia Shire, in her final appearance as Adrian. Joining me to go the distance today as we train a new prospect is a man who knows his fair share about sequels, be them good, bad, or everything in between. One half of the excellent Unequal Sequel podcast, Dave Curtis. Dave, are you ready to go for it? God, you're pumped and I'm pumped for it. Yeah, let's fucking do it. Yes, do, do it! it. <laughs> God, I'm ready. You got, yeah, What's the slogan for this film? Just go for it. Go, yeah, I... I, 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 I I wanted to talk about that because a lot of the other films have like a swath of slogans for them. And like, they're very like, they're very in depth and they're kind of like really get you jazzed for it. I think like number three is like Rocky Free, an American tradition. It's like kind of like, yeah. yeah. And then this one's like, just go for it. It's like they kind of heard the, the Nike just do it and been like, hey, that's hip. That's happening. Hip hop's cool. <laughs> we're, we're, we'll just, just go, go for it. Like, Okay, I feel I feel that literally what you just said is represents this film in a bundle. There, <laughs> it's, it's Sylvester Stallone trying to grasp onto what like re, some relevance from somewhere, right? It's like, <laughs> uh, oh, it's the end of the eighties. We're into the nineties. What we're going to set the path here? Let's get some MC Hammer. Let's let's get that flowing, uh, mixed in with some classic Bill Conti, and he just thought we were on for a winner here. But yeah. Can't wait, mate. Let's grow. Go for it. Do, yeah. Do, a quick question here. Do you reckon Sylvester Stallone has ever listened to a full rap song? If it, if it was like, um, I'm not quite sure he can hear. So no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I, I don't believe he did. But he does try. Bless him. Um, and he has he has stayed for an actor that's been around since what the the early seventies. He has stayed quite relevant even now. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, you've, got to give him, you've got to give him some props for that, but no, I, 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 his music choices. If he was in charge of the music, then we've got problems. Because, <laughs> you know, there's, there are other songs in, in the other films, like, you know, The Eye of the Tigers, The, the Burn Design, all that, uh, you know. Um, and, it, it, and then you get to this one, you think, oh, I wonder what real songs are going to pump me, get me pumping for this one. And I can't remember one of them. No. Just or I just remember it being bad disco-y, electronical -y arts. Yes, yeah, shit. A lot of like, 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 like real, real kind of like. I don't know. I guess what 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 your parents think hip hop is. Do you know what I mean? Where it's like a lot of like, I don't know. Yeah, whether it's it's real eighties kind of naff hip hop. It's not kind of something like that's got like a a boom bap like real real bounce to it or anything like that or a mm. kind of west coast thing it's kind of real kind of middle of the road like i don't know family friendly rap do you know what i mean like kind of i'm about to say it's pc friendly and what was the friendliest rap around at the time and it was mc hammer yes 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 yes. um so th that's what they went with well before we get too far in the trenches of talking oh, yeah, about sorry. rocky five no worries uh well would you like to tell us a little bit up front what it is you guys do over on unequal sequel yeah, um, like you said, we are, I'm one of the members of Unequal Sequel. We basically get guests on and we ask them three simple questions, which is what is their favourite sequel, their worst ever sequel, and their dream sequel. Uh, and then from that, we delve into 
all kinds of shenanigans and um yeah we find out a lot about people weirdly through the sequels they've watched during their lives and <laughs> once we get to the the worst sequels they get very amped up and it gets... perfect i say that's the most fun bit like, like a rocky film they build to a crescendo uh, yes <laughs> perfect uh, i how like I, i'm always fascinated when people fall upon because i think that is a fantastic concept for a podcast was that a when you guys came up with that, was it like, that's it, close the laptop, we're done for the day, I'm going to treat myself to a nice cold beer kind of day? I wish, I wish it was that simple, <laughs> but it wasn't. Uh, we, I re we originally had other ideas about, it was always going to be sequel-based when we were doing films, but uh, we wanted to do more of the, the sequels that weren't made. Uh, but then we did our research and we found out there's much better podcasts out there that do that than what we can do. Um, and then we did, we did basically the long story is we did another NAF podcast called the Baywatched podcast. And our plan was to watch Baywatch from start to beginning. And then we realized there was 11 seasons and each season had 22 episodes <laughs> and we'd be doing it for the rest of our lives. And then it even turned out that Baywatch is awful. Uh, <laughs> so it was hard work to talk about it. So that was kind of like our podcast in school of every, we learned everything, what not to do in that yes. podcast. Uh, and then we decided we wanted to actually do something we both liked, which was film. And then, I don't know, Unequal Sequel, I just, I thought, it was, we, I was thinking of things what rhyme with sequel, to be honest. And Unequal is up there. And then the idea was born pretty much from that. Um, and then certain people said yes. And then I thought, oh, fuck, we got to do it now. Because yeah. we recorded with them. Uh, and now, a year and a bit later, we're about to start our fourth series. Um, and we've been doing a, what we like to call extra episodes every Friday. We haven't missed one yet where we just either review a, a, a new sequel or we talk about our top five sequels stories around sequel anniversaries. Um, and it's a lot easier to talk about something we like than something we don't like. I, um, I bet for you guys, it's, you're probably rolling like pigs in shit at the moment because we're in like a glut of like sequels i mean everything is kind of based on ip and it's kind of constantly ongoing franchises so are you guys kind of like rubbing your hands at like oh yeah we're never gonna run out, especially with those bonus episodes like yeah we're, no, we're not really gonna run out of stuff i did think that but then in the last two months uh -huh. i thought i'll be loads to review it's been a really dry patch for sequels yes so we've had to work around that. And when we started this, obviously we started in the pandemic and we had all these sequels planned and and then they just kept knocking them back. I mean, I was looking forward to Top Gun Maverick for two and a half years yes. before it actually showed up on our screens. So yes, I know. Yes, we're in a golden age of like IP films and sequels and franchises uh, and legacy sequels, which now seems to be the hip cool word that everyone's using um but yeah it is good and it brings everyone's got an opinion about a sequel if they're good <laughs> bad or ugly kind of thing so that's good uh and there's something that a sequel brings isn't it like oh i can't wait for that more of that yes it's like your favorite food i can't wait to have that again and sometimes you have it again and it's just as you remember it's brilliant and then sometimes it's disappointed it's not as good as it lived up to be and then sometimes it's just rubbish Oh, and then yeah, sometimes yeah. you can only dream of what's meant to be out there and coming. And that's <laughs> our, our final question. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, before we get on to talking about uh, whether this sequel 
is a dream uh, or, a, or an absolute nightmare of a, of, of a sequel. Uh, I always like to ask my guests, when did you become aware of the Coppola family? So was there an entry point, a family member? And then when did you realize there was this kind of, I don't know, the connective tissue between them? And there's loads of them, basically. There's more than I, I knew and remembered. <laughs> um, basically, I would say when I started college, uh, when I was actually given free reign of to be able to think by myself kind of thing, you know, I didn't want to go sixth form in school. And then I finally found, I went and learned about film and television in college and found what I'm going to call my people. Uh, and then um, I call what we call on our podcast and I had my cinematic awakening. Nice. And, and you know, when you, all these other people, you're all these people and you're all discussing different films and they're all throwing different ones at you. And that's probably where I, I probably first watched probably Godfather and Apocalypse Now. Uh, and then it went from there and it probably took me a few years till I realized that they're all related. Uh, and then you hear rumors that Nicolas Cage is, is, is one of them. And you're like, no, he's not. Yeah, he yeah. can't be. <laughs> and then, then you do your research and yes, he is. And then yeah, yeah. Talia pops up in Rocky. You're like, I love Rocky. You're like, oh, you know, that's Francis' sister. You're like, oh, oh yeah, there's yeah, another yeah. one. That's why she's Connie. That's why she's Connie Corleone. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then, you know, Jason Schwartzman turns up in the West uh, Anderson film and you think, oh, that guy's hilarious. And then someone tells you, you know who his mum is? I'm like, <laughs> no. And then you find out and then, yeah, they just keep on going. And I've learned more from your, listening to your podcast, the, the Johns and the, the other ones. Yeah, there's a kind of whole swath of... Of just technical ones. Technical ones, yeah, people behind the scenes. And it's fascinating. There's, so you talk about the Schwartzmans. Talia Shire's second husband, Jack Schwartzman. Um, was like an attorney or an agent or a manager, Hollywood. Yeah. One of his big clients was Hal Ashby. And then when he got married to Talia Shire, he then started like a film production company. And it's almost like this weird thing of like, like, like the Corleone family, like once you're in the, the, the family, you have to kind of be a part of the family business in some way or another, or at least like try your hand at it. Like mm. it, it feels fascinating that, yeah that happens and i think well yeah his his film production studio is called um talia films as well so like a, 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 a nod to her so yeah are they uh, still together uh he he's unfortunately he's passed away oh, I, I do that quite often that's ah, okay, it's okay. <laughs> i think it's been a while i think, I think oh, good. It's, it's not a recent one don't worry uh so have you ever had the good pleasure of gracing the presence of a coppola uh, I had to think about this because I've I've been to many Q and A's and stuff like that, uh, and I've sat in rooms with nice people and famous people. But I don't think I've ever been in the same room as that family. No, uh, not yet, or, or not uh, knowingly. Not no. Like, you know I mean? Oh yeah, maybe not knowingly. <laughs> who knows? Who knows? Yeah, who knows? J Jason Schwartzman could have been visiting Edgar, his pal Edgar Wright, and snuck into a screening in london or something who we we never know he's a small guy he, he can get lost quite easily yeah i used to sign in people for bafta screenings at my last job Amazing. so i'd have to tick all these people off so you know one of them might have walked in for that i met lots of people <laughs> amazing amazing so when did you become aware of talia shire what would have been the first film you would have remember seeing her in uh, it would have been rocky i think i watched rocky before i watched godfather uh -huh. and godfather part two and then 
few years later, Godfather for Part Three. But uh, yeah, definitely the Rocky films. That was a that was a big film for me for a long time, and it was a big film that I I never really reached out past the first one for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, I definitely at that point didn't know there was five of them. At that point, <laughs> uh, I knew there was two. I think, um, and and obviously you know the Adrian bit. I mean that's well played out in you know. TV and always The Simpsons. It's The Simpsons. It always comes back to The Simpsons, isn't Simpsons it? Simpsons did it right. So yeah. they always did it better. Uh, so yeah, that's what, that's where I would have first seen her. And honestly, I haven't seen her in too many other films apart from The Godfather's and The Rockies. Yeah, she's she's been working. I've I've, I've uh, yeah. Oh, I've looked her up. But yeah, yeah, she's been working. She's yeah, yeah. She she was in. Funnily enough, she was in the only film that Gordon Willis, the uh, director of photography of The Godfather, directed called Windows, and a fantastic, uh, like, ecological creature horror kind of in the mould of Jaws called Prophecy, which is absolutely batshit crazy. Uh, It's one we've covered on the podcast, and is worth it for one of the kills in that film alone, like, to, to, to seek out watching that one. What's the monster? Can you give that away? Or is that given too much of a spoiler? Uh, it's like a it's like a mutated bear pig. You you have me at mutated bear pig. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll go find that one. I also found out that she directed a film today, so I I've never have you done that one on here as well? No, I haven't. I haven't. No, 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 no. I'll be sure 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 to get on that one at some point. Before the night, it's called apparently. So. I don't know how successful on it. On IMDb, IMDb, it's 3.8 out of 10. Okay. But we'll, we all know that's rubbish because IMDb is rubbish. Yeah, sometimes stuff is only got high ratings because more people have, or low ratings because people, a lot of people have seen it. And like, do you know mm. what I mean? Sometimes if something's underseen, it just, who, who knows how all that works? It's all, it's, all, it's, all, it's all numbers and guff anyway. Make your own minds up, guys. Uh, <laughs> so let's talk about our main event today which is rocky five but before mm. we do is the trailer from a million to one shot he became a true champion of the world now The glory. Because of the continuous violent blows to the head, the effects are irreversible. The crowds. My husband is retired. He has nothing more to prove. And the money are gone. You lost millions. Look, I still got my place in the old neighborhood. His title is in the hands of a new champion. He might win a few fights, but he's no Rocky Balboa. Controlled by an unscrupulous promoter. This is your medical report. It's not so good, but we can work around it. All that's left is his family. We've been down before. I'll get it all back. His heart. I gotta fight, okay? I got problems, I gotta fight. And a dream. A dream to get it all back. This is a tremendous opportunity. Opportunity for who? For you to make money for him to be disabled? Can't carry Balboa stuff. As long as they got Balboa on the brain, he'll always be champ. Gotcha. 
abject man to fight. And if he refuses, then you gotta insult him. You gotta dog him. You gotta humiliate him. You gotta do whatever you got to do to get him into that ring. They tell me you're a piece of garbage, you know that? No! That's it! You told him I'd fight anywhere, anytime. In the ring, in the ring. Tommy Gunn only fights in the ring. My ring's outside. Yeah? Let's do it. Come on, Tommy, knock me out! So this film was released November 16th, 1990 on a budget of $42 million and a box office return of $120 million. So yeah, it would have washed its face, I guess, just on curiosity alone. Uh, There wasn't the internet to kind of warn people of what this film was going to be. Uh, so, Dave, before we before we get into it, can you tell us what is uh, what is Rocky Five all about? What's the plot of this film? Oh, this is actually quite simple, isn't it? Rocky Five. Basically, it starts like any good Rocky, good Rocky film that it starts with the end of the last Rocky film. So, <laughs> which is the best Rocky film? So, the first five minutes is Rocky Four. <laughs> so he's fighting Ivan Drango in Russia, uh, Russia against America. He wins. Uh, and then he, well, because of all the big heavy hits he's taken, he finds out that he's had he's got some kind of brain damage. Uh, but when on the way back from America, when he lands, pretty much, uh, guys, I'm so good at doing synopsises. This is why <laughs> Rich do it on my one. Uh, he also finds out that he's lost all his money because of a dodgy solicitor. Uh, so he has to move back to the street to where. Rocky one pretty much all happens, uh, but he's not allowed to fight anymore. He has to retire. It's not completely his choice, but Adrian doesn't want to fight anymore. He's also got his son that has got older, maybe the, over three years and a yeah, few months. Five after. years older, right? Yeah, clearly. Uh, <laughs> They have issues. At the same point, a new up-and-coming boxer comes under Rocky's wing called uh, Tommy Gunn. Uh, and then at the end, there's a Don King kind of character who wants to make them fight and prove how, who the ultimate champion is. But Rocky doesn't want to fight in the ring, and it all ends up in a, a street brawl, basically. That's perfect. I, I... I, I, I love I love that synopsis. I love that. So yeah, that's a great synopsis. That kind of is what this film is about. It's kind of I found watching it this time, or maybe the last couple of times I watched it, is it kind of shares similar DNA. And I'm not sure because it is of the John G. Avildsen connection. Almost holds some DNA with uh the Karate Kid Free of this right. kind of like it, you know, like in that Danny's uh, yeah, uh, Danny Russo's getting trained by uh, Terry Silver and he doesn't know he's being trained by a bad guy and in this it's like Rocky doesn't realise he's training a bad guy even though yeah, like, yeah. there are warning signs from moment one right when he first gets him to spar with that guy and he's like just absolutely like pummeling him and he's like hey, go easy at it. it's supposed to be sparring like, go easy at him kid I'm going to have to make you do as many uh, like impressions as possible on this one yeah he i don't think it's completely his fault i think he gets blinded by by the lights and the, and the money that the duke waves in front of him and the and the you know the females i think he eventually he does want to be champion and he does want to learn from rocky but uh i you might be able to tell me better i'm confused how 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 many months this is meant to take over is this a year 
or is this three years? Because he has 16 fights pretty much and not. I have, I have no idea. Like the passage of time in this is like baffling. <laughs> like, cause there is a moment in this. Cause I thought, yeah, maybe it's been a year because there's a moment at Christmas and like, um, Rocky and junior have this argument and he's like, Hey, you remember last year? Like you enjoyed this. And I was like, last year, you were fighting even Drago yeah. on Christmas Day. Like, in my mind, I was like, that was last Christmas. It's like, you left your son at home alone with a robot to care for him. Like, what do you mean? Like, we did this last Christmas. You were getting your, you were getting your face smashed in and ending the Cold War. I forgot about the robot. Yeah, so it must have been 12 months. So he, Tommy fights 16 times in a year, which I'm sure is not allowed uh under boxing rules i'm not quite sure i'm pretty sure that, that it must be a longer span of time it's just really ham-fisted at letting us know and doesn't really i don't know it doesn't really go into I'm, I'm sure if you kind of freeze frame it with all the newspapers you can kind of work out dates and stuff like that but ain't nobody got time for that do you know what i mean i, I ain't got time for for freeze framing this film like frame yeah by frame in this. and like if that's the worst thing about this film then it's going to be a really good film but sadly it's not it's it's probably not the worst thing about <laughs> it's, this it's, film it's the tip of the fucking iceberg that's what it is dave <laughs> it's it's a bizarre film isn't it because i don't know what your relationship with, with rocky is but by this point re-watching it so i watched these again in uni i went from one two three four five in like three days I was having such a good time, especially after Rocky Four. You're on a fucking high, aren't you? It's like this is the best film in the world, <laughs> and then you're telling everyone Rocky Four is the best. I'm about to watch Rocky Five. I wonder what happens, uh, and then it goes to a film, which I think it maybe it's because they got the original director back. That it's, it's, it's less about the boxing again, and they're trying to make it more about a character piece, I guess, but. Like we said earlier, we're not quite sure what decade this wants to be in. Yeah, but like, there's, you're saying about like getting the original director back. Yeah, that's all well and fine, but it's still Sylvester Stallone's script. Do you know what I mean? Like, so obviously he wanted to, he wrote, he, yeah, he wrote this arc and it's interesting. And yeah, maybe, maybe his original ending for this was Rocky dying. So, wow. So yeah, like what, like, which I think could have made for a really interesting, I don't know. But then it doesn't give opportunity for this to kind of be redeemed with Rocky Balboa in 2005. So, like, yeah. it's kind of, I'm glad they didn't because it really would have the whole. I, I bet they filmed it and I bet they put it to a test audience and the test audience was like, you can't kill fucking Rocky. That is, that is mental. I, um, I think... Like Sylvester Stallone has gone on record saying his reasoning for changing that ending was because he didn't want it like him to die in a street fight, basically. And I guess, yeah. I guess that like we'll, we'll get into it more as we kind of go through the film. But like that is that is the biggest disappointment of this that it ends in a street fight as opposed to like in the ring like the rest of them it's kind of like it hasn't got that grandiosity you have of all the other rockies where it's like the big build up to the ring and the, yeah do you know what I mean like an actual fight like the, those, those chats in the corner the kind of I don't know uh Tony Burton's juke is kind of like just 
Like, you know I mean? he gets a cut, he gets a scene at the beginning, then he's yeah. gone. It's like you've squandered, so you've squandered somebody great there. It's like the kind of any mention of Apollo Creed is no, there's barely any mention of him. It's kind of like oh, we're just gonna the kind of through line of who Rocky's thinking about is 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 Mickey, and it's like yeah, cool, but also Apollo Creed literally. But at the beginning of this film, would have likely have been dead not even a year. Do yeah, you know what I mean, like, and it's like, okay, like, why is he like? There's no mourning for him still or anything like this. Bizarre. I don't get the whole Mickey thing because I I feel like Mickey didn't really love him in the first three films as much as this film wants you to believe that he did. Get up, cause Mickey loves you. I mean, in the first film, he's telling Cy Sloan to bugger off for most of it until he gets a chance to redeem himself, like be a coach of a, a top fighter in a, in a top match. And then he comes knocking on the Rocky's door. Uh, and then after that, the, the, yeah, they do have their moments, but not as like silly and loving as this film portrays that their relationship was like. Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of, I don't know, it's uh, trying to rewrite history, I guess. Yeah. That's what they're trying to do with this one, being like, and uh, yeah, what do you think of, like Burgess Meredith, like obviously he's like what five years old. No, he would have been what like eight, nine years older since we last saw him in Rocky Three. Yeah, well, they didn't have the aging, did they? But he he would already look super old in Rocky One, Two, and Three. So that didn't really annoy me. I didn't really think about it. <laughs> um, I let that slide. I let that slide in this film. I was like, <laughs> I was like, you know what? At least he's trying and he can act and uh, he's doing his thing compared to some of the others that are around. I didn't have a problem with that. One thing I have to ask you about with the beginning of this film, obviously once we get past the the recap of Rocky Four, Yeah, which is the best bit of this film probably. The, fir- <laughs> the first shot we have of this film is Rocky kind of spread-legged, in the shower, like hands against the wall. I guess a stance that I've only ever pulled normally when I'm hung over and questioning my decisions in life. Mm. What did you Agreed. make of that as an o- opening shot of the film? Like, what, 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 what are you expecting with that opening shot? Are we going to get the, the homoeroticism of free again? Maybe. I just think Salai likes to get a little bit naked and like, I'm going to show you what kind of shape I'm in. Yeah. Because for the rest of the film, I'm going to be wearing a gauge, a, a grey jumper and you, I'm not in this condition anymore. Um, it also, is that meant to be a hotel room? Because it looks like it's a shower block for a prison and then Duke's talking to him outside of what looks like a hotel room and i no, go, i think it's i think it's the like backstage of of the of the fight it's supposed to be immediately in russia after right. yeah yeah yeah. so it's like a real dirty russian like kind of russia's horrible yeah yeah blah, blah, yeah what the hell yeah yeah i feel i, I feel safe in like jump in but i I've, <laughs> i'd be surprised if russians are allowed to listen to anything that comes outside of the country. So uh, I, I, I don't think we're going to be offending any, anyone who's a, uh, <laughs> yeah. of Russian blood. Uh, f- fuck you too. Uh, <laughs> 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 I, I, Apart from the ones that are leaving. Um, yeah, I, I, it is a bit of a weird opening, but I imagine if you want to open with a man having a shower and they were looking at like what rating this is going to be, we're like how much skin can we show during this? 
because there's not a huge amount of boxing. There's not much swearing, to be honest. Like, we have to get the adult audience somehow uh, what they want. <laughs> so, yeah, let's show a bit of, a, bit of ass. Bit of, yeah, bit of a bit of Rocky's bum. Uh, I just thought, is, yeah, that, just... is that the first time you see Rocky's bum in all the all five films? Um, I don't know. I remember, I remember, you know what? I think this is the first time Rocky's bum has come up. Either it's not not that significant in other ones, or this is kind of this is a real kind of showstopper. I think because it is the first thing you see on screen, it's mm. a bit like, whoa, okay, here we go. Like, uh, what's what's this about? Like, <laughs> like Terminator? Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Maybe that's where I was doing it. Yeah, it, that 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 rivalry with Schwarzenegger. Mm, this is peak rivalry with Schwarzenegger, nineteen ninety. Yeah. So, what do you make of these early scenes? Like, obviously, you're trying to think back, like, or what were you? What? Yeah, what were your expectations of this film before you saw it? Like, what, what oh, mate, you... I was really happy. I was watching another Rocky film. Like I said, I actually binged these in a few days. Um, and I really loved the first four. And then I thought it was a real... I watched this at different points in my life, it seems. And some days I'm like, this is rubbish. And then some days I'm like, okay, this is not bad. And then some guys are like, I'm actually really enjoying this for some reason. Uh, today caught me in a midday, I would say, when I watched it. And it's... I thought it was an interesting route to take. I know I listened. Did you watch St Stallone's Q&A before the director's cut or reboot thing they did last year? No, I went to see that at the Prince Charles Cinema and I went, to, I think I just went to like a regular screening that didn't have that q and I know friend of the podcast, Liam Dempsey, said he was annoyed that that Q&A was at the beginning. Oh, yeah, she put it at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spoiler, yeah. Uh, anyway, he talks about how in the four, he was really angry that it killed off Apollo because uh, he needed someone else to bounce, Rocky always bounce off of. Uh, so when you get, I thought, as weird that they made a fifth, that he he didn't have the characters he wanted to play with. Um, and the story, I mean, how, at this point, he's meant to be 40. In the first one, he's 30, right? Yeah. In Rocky one. So this is what, 15 years later, something, 14 years uh -huh. later, something after. So he's gonna be—he's gonna be forty-five. Maths is not my strong point, by the way. Um, so maybe he was looking for a way not to do, like, not to get into that shape that he is in Rocky Three and Rocky Four, because he's beyond what boxers look like. To yeah, be honest, yeah, 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 yeah. At that at that point, so maybe they were and and try and take it back to a character piece, like more what Rocky One and Two is meant to be like. And then by the time three and four comes around, it gets a bit, bit silly, but the best ones. <laughs> uh, so the plot never really annoyed me as much as to what they do with the characters in their plot. Like, I'm still not sure Stallone knew how to, how to play Rocky in uh, Rocky Five. Like, he clearly has some kind of brain damage. So Rocky was like, how... He, he, he kind of goes back on himself. It, like he was in Rocky and Rocky too, because he couldn't even put ad words together pretty much. He wasn't, you know, he was trying to do those adverts and they weren't paying off. And then by three and four comes along, he's like a, a dream for sponsors. He's doing all these yeah, different yeah, sponsors. Yeah, yeah he's, and he's, he gets, he's on the Muppets. He's on all sorts. Yeah. Right? And then in this one, they, they, they take him back way too much and they, 
they dress in the same like Eve gets the same hat on. I, think, I, <laughs> I, I love that moment. I love that moment in the attic where like Adrian comes up and he finds his old clothes. He's like, "Hey, we're moving back to the neighborhood. I thought I thought I'd put them on." And he's like, as soon as he moves back as well, it's like I don't know what it is. He's like, "I'm on the Philadelphia streets again. I guess I better start smoking." Yeah, and it's like what? Like it feels like that thing of um, like a band who were big maybe twenty years ago putting their skinny jeans back on and going, hey, we're coming out to do a tour, which is that first hit album. Do you mm. know what I mean? It's a bit like, okay, like, uh, nice try, but like the time has passed. Do you know what I mean? This is, this is all on nostalgia here. And trying to capture that in this feels weird. Like, I'd, It does feel weird. Yeah, it feels like... The no progression. You've, Rocky's always progressed in every film he's done. And then this one, they suddenly slam him back into an era that we probably didn't need to see him in again, uh, doing things that very unRocky like at that point. And it's not the way I'd like to see that character go. Um, and, you know, Paulie's there. He's, Paulie's having a great time, it seems. He's, he doesn't seem bad about losing Rocky's money at all, uh, all the millions. Um, and conveniently, he's kept his house from the neighbourhood. Yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah. Paulie's house. He's like, yeah, let's look at my house. Like, oh yeah, you're 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 fine then, Paulie. Still the same job, probably. Still in the meat district. Um, I and I don't believe that Rocky couldn't make money another way. He he was like apparently the biggest star on the planet at this point. I mean, he's just beat the biggest fucking Russian in home to soil. Uh-huh. I'm sure they could have got Rocky another job even commentating or promoting something. Um, he didn't have to go back that far. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because they, they try and explain it away, right, when he's kind of speaking to, I guess it's like a business manager in that office where we get that, like, exposition dump and we're explained in broad strokes. Or, like, yeah, in, in detail of what the losing of the money meant. And it's like, ah. Oh, well, if he tries to do some work and they find out he's got a criminal past of like... <laughs> oh, yes, they mentioned, they mentioned the criminal, which hasn't been a problem for the last 13, 14 years. Yeah. Uh, and I'm sure, I'm sure like in that time when he was like in, on everything in newspapers constantly, his past would have been like picked through with a fine tooth comb to be like... That, that 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 scandal would have probably come and gone. Do you know what I mean? And probably, if anything, adds to his adds to his like guy from nothing rising the ranks of, of, yeah. of boxing to become a great. It's like, he was also the nicest rogue. Like you see him in Rocky One, he's meant to be breaking people's fingers, and he's like, no, I I don't do that kind of thing. Putting on his glasses to look for his little book, isn't he? And like, <laughs> he's got- not clever enough to do that kind of thing. No offense to the man. Um, but yeah, the backward steps is just not not good, and like we said, the the music, and that that pretty much goes straight away. You get like we just listened to the trailer, and I swear the trailer is the Rocky Four music. Yeah, it is. It's one of the Vince Tacola uh, needle drops from that from that. Da, da, da. It's the trailer. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so they don't they they pull you in with that and <sighs> to pull to pull to pull back up on a point that you made about Rocky reverting. Um, yeah. Apparently, like he, Sylvester Stallone originally played Rocky like with 
physical affectations like because of the brain damage and like really i don't know how do you know what I mean if he went like full if he went full yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I think i'm thinking tropical thunder we won't simple say, jack yeah. yeah if he went yeah, full yeah. simple jack or like and i think he did and like they kind of watch dailies and there is a quote here uh if right. i can find it that he that he said he said it's like oh no, I can't bloody find it. I I feel like he didn't. One, he didn't know how to play Rocky in this film. He didn't. I don't think he wanted to play Rocky in this film. I think that this smells of like here's fifty million to do this character one more time, and he's like ching. There's yeah. another holiday home kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, yes. And and can I get my son in it? And they're like, oh sure. Can he <laughs> act? Well, find out. Is <laughs> yeah. Um... Uh, so the quote here about his yeah about uh, about him playing it with like okay uh, more more damage is it's like seeing your favorite dog with dysplasia. <laughs> God, it's not good, is it? It's not good. So how many days did he do that for? Do you reckon? Ah, oh, you've got to think like you've got to hope it was like a day, right? And they just like kind of went. Nah. This ain't this ain't this ain't cutting it. Like This is meant to be the American hero. Like he's got a statue. He's been included in the boxing hall of fame kind of thing. That doesn't happen to any old Joe. And then they Yeah, oh God, I could only imagine on set him turning up going, I've got this idea, lads. And then they he does it and you're like, No, let's let's tone that down a little bit, please. Yeah, it's probably like hey, you know what wins Oscars? let's back up a minute slide yeah <laughs> we've read the I script feel that... we've read the script we're, we're, this might not be an oscar contender i do feel like each character has that that moment they're trying to go for the oscar though that they each have that like bit of dialogue they're like okay this is this is my bit of dialogue and i think talio's bit when she's trying to explain to Rocky why she, she he he shouldn't fight anymore under the bridge when she's just got her job back at at the pet store. Oh, come on! Yeah, they're all just like and, and and everything is like convenient with stuff like that. It's like it happens to be despite them losing everything. The the gym is in uh, Rocky Junior's name. Yeah, so they get to keep. So the that. son owns it. The son, yeah, it's in the son's name. So that's not affected by uh, the squandering of their assets and uh, and money. Uh, and you would have thought as well, because they have to, I don't get it, they have to sell everything, I guess. But yeah, they have to sell everything. So they still own, the, like, could they not have a decent amount of money if they sold their house? It doesn't. It doesn't go into them being in debt as well. It's just they've lost their money. They have the assets they have yet. They still have to go back to, like, yeah. relative squalor. Do you know what I mean? Like, well, it depends how much debt they're in. But they were saying that they hadn't paid the mortgage in like a few months because they didn't know they had to pay it. They hadn't paid. He hadn't paid taxes in like a year, apparently. But that's because he was in Russia or whatever. But that, um, that, that's true. But like, yeah, they said they owned they owed like uh, four hundred thousand on on the house. But even then, if they sold the house. Yeah. They get that money, right? So that could have surely have paid off the back taxes, paid like and been able to afford them like 
a reasonable haps as opposed to like they're all back at Paulie's old like like slob it's, pit. It's quite a drop, isn't it? If anything, it's it's too much. I'm sure there would have been so like Apollo's family and be like, oh, hang on a minute. This is Rocky. This is Apollo's best friend. We can maybe put them up in the pool house or something or yeah. <laughs> go go stay in the Miami house that he had that you trained in Rocky Free kind of thing. Um, yeah, I think I think the dip from the most richest, most famous boxer in the world to, well, to nothing is is too far of a drop. <laughs> Uh, like, it's hard to grasp because rich people famously don't fall that down. They they just get richer normally. You know what I mean? They they get they they benefit from even bad people benefits. They fall upwards is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, Nicholas Cage was in like financial like do you know what I mean ruin in two thousand nine. Same thing. Pulled it back, baby. Do you know what I mean? Like <laughs> like. Yeah, he pulled it back by by twenty twenty one. Nicholas Cage just laughing like, come on, he could have like, I don't, he I don't think he ever had to had to live in like a tiny apartment. Do you know what I mean? He didn't have to go move into to Francis's like pool house. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, in the basement. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nick, don't yeah. worry, we've got we've got a little outhouse for you. We've got a little shed you can sleep in. Um, so. It feels quite easy to talk to dwell on the negatives of this film. What are some mm. of the things you enjoy about this film? Any particular scenes that stand out to you? I know you were talking about the end earlier, but I really enjoyed the ending. Mm-hmm. Is that because it's, it's, it's nearly over? Or no, no. <laughs> I, I think I think it has the best quotes. I think my rings outside, and I didn't hear any. I didn't hear any bell. And then I think that's the best. And I think that's when it finally gets exciting. I know we would have liked it to have been in a boxing ring. But I think that's when it finally delivers on what the whole bloody film was promising, which is someone punching someone at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not these kind um, of montages of Tommy Gunn kind of like knocking people out. It's like, I don't, we don't, we're not here for Tommy Gunn. Do you know what I mean? We're here for Rocky. Exactly. Um, but apart from, apart from the, the, the positive scene, I like the ending. Um, I like the beginning with the Rocky Four stuff. <laughs> I, I don't like the, I don't, and this is, I don't like Stallone's son playing his son, who is fine at the beginning when he's playing a rich kid, but when he tries to play a, uh, I know I've just gone off about neg- negatives again, I'm be talking about positives. All right. Um, he, when he starts playing hard again, it makes me, it's not good, but positives, the ending. You know what? I really like uh, Tommy Morrison and... I don't know if you've watched it, the Tommy Morrison documentary about his life. No. It's on Disney Plus. Uh and it's 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 incredible his life he led. Because he got this part when he was 20, and then he was a proper boxer. Um and I won't ruin it for people, but it's quite a ride. Uh and it's not all good. And it's quite sad at the end. But the man I think the man he can act. And he can definitely looks he looks like a boxer, which is good. And I think his training scenes and his boxing scenes are, are reasonably good. I mean, I, like our friend Stu Whiffin, podcast in power. Uh, I asked him when he came on because I always thought Rocky boxing is the most ridiculous thing you've ever watched in your life. And then he pointed me towards uh, a trilogy of fights called Ward versus Gatti, I think. Mm-hmm. And he was like, "Watch those fights." 
and you'll see that's the closest thing that the Rocky fights will ever be. And it's just two people not putting their hands up, basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. guarding and knocking the shit out of each other. I was like, okay, I get this. So that is that that I can believe that this is now some kind of uh, boxing technique that they have when they just don't defend. <laughs> which is which is the Rocky way, right? Because his kind of thing is. And what do you think of his ethos? Because it's, it's it's not a it's not a bird in the fists. It's a bird in the heart. Like that's just kind of like that, that that that's that's the part of the crux of this film, right? It's like all about what made Rocky so special was the fact that it, he he fought with heart and he fought. Yeah, he, he, that was where his power came from, somewhat. Well, it's surprising that it's taken this long to get brain damage, um, but I. Yes, I, I always like the, 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 what they're trying to say in Rocky films, like, don't give up, just go for it, you know, believe in yourself. I like the quote in Rocky Six when it says, it's not how hard you get, it's how hard life hits you and you keep moving kind of thing. I've kind of taken that on in my life. Um, what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> what, what, do you, uh, what do you think of that? Yeah, what's your kind of take on that, like... Um that that aspect of it and that kind of being like one of the one of the through lines of this film and it's well it doesn't of... get me as pumped as the other rocky films uh-huh. if that's what you're asking because i find them really inspiring and if i'm got like um uh well i ran the london marathon in 2012 and before i ran the london marathon i i watched all the rocky films I should say that I watched the films I wanted to watch in the Rocky Avenger. I did not watch this one. <laughs> yeah, imagine that the night before, be like, "Oh, I'm gonna, f- oh. I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get a stitch two miles <laughs> yeah. in." Uh, long story short, but I pulled a calf muscle at m- mile thirteen. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I I enjoy that part. I always enjoy that part of the Rocky films. I always I do. They do build me up, and I even during this one like. He's been knocked down, but, you know, keep on going, slugger kind of thing. You never know what's around the corner. Um, I'm a believer. You're good. Well, le- yeah, let's take a chance to talk about Talia Shire. Um, I just right, want you yeah. to play possibly one of her most standout moments in this film. Come on. It's not worth it. Adrian is worse than he's just confused. I don't see what's happening in the Yeah, I do see. What do you mean? Yeah, he's, he's twisted around my dog. No, I see what's on, happening. Come on, it's you. It's you. It's not him. You can't live backwards. Come on, you can't turn back the clocks. We live now. We live here. Hey, Adrian, I know where we live. What do you think? I'm stupid? Everything, I'm not as dumb as you think I am. You're like, I look. I, you don't think I can smell it? I see where we are. Adrian, I don't want this no more. I want something good for the family. I, I don't want this. I don't want this. I mean, did I come back here and get my brains beat up for, for these guys and say, hey, there goes Balboa. There's just another bump in the neighborhood. I didn't want this. No, come on, nobody says that. I'm saying it, Adrian, I'm saying this. I'm saying this. When that kid was in the ring, you know what I was doing? I was winning. When he was winning, I was winning. You were winning? Yeah, it was. It was like, it was my last chance at getting some respect for us. You know Come that? On, I respect it's gone, you. It's gone. I respect you. You can't respect me. Yes, I respect you. No, you can't do it. I'm telling you All those beatings you took in the ring, I took them with you. I know how you feel. I know when somebody like Tommy comes along, you feel alive. But he's not you. He doesn't have your heart. All those fighters you beat, you beat them with heart, not muscle. That's what Mickey knew. That's why you and Mickey were special. But Mickey's dead. 
If there's something you want to pass on, pass it on to your son. For God's sakes, your son is lost. He needs you. I know Tommy makes you feel great. He makes you feel like you're winning again. But you're losing us. Rocky, you're losing your family. I'm sorry. You know, it was always you and me. It was always you and me. I guess my question um, is what, yeah, what are your overall thoughts of, of Talia Shire? And was she done dirty with this being an outing, a final outing in the Rocky franchise? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think, I think, sh I'm not going to lie, I, her character in the first film really annoys me. Uh -huh. I, I, um, I, can, I can understand that. I, I, I don't feel the same, but yeah, I can, I, can, I can see that. I don't know why, but I like the way the character's grown. At least she's got a voice now kind of thing. Uh-huh. Um, I think she's, I think she's, this is probably her best acting of, in the Rocky films. I don't, I, uh, there's a particular scene, and like, I think a, a comparable scene to this one is there's a moment on the beach in Rocky 3. Right. When she kind of like steps up, because I guess she gets like, she gets to take like the Mickey speech in that one. Because, like, yeah. yeah. Mickey's passed away. So she gets the kind of like, you can do like you, you can you can go out and you can you can fight like you have got to fight and like I guess what is it Rocky Four she gets is it it's basically like the one line isn't it it's like fight and it's like or like <laughs> and she gets yeah. the, she gets that great line in Four as well it's like you can't win like at the top of the stairs and like um I yeah it is nice to see her blossom just just the fact that. Obviously, after this, she dies off screen. Do you reckon it was the failure of this film in some way? She's like, Hank, Sly, that's me done. I, have you got any more cockamamie ideas? Fucking write me out. I, I think the use of her death in the sixth one is really good. Yes. And it's, and it's what drives Rocky uh, and keeps him in that position and uh, the relationship with his son as well. Like, Adrian's gone. You're the only family I have now. And, with this one, I feel, I feel like, okay, okay. In the first one, she's she has a role to play, and she plays it. Some will say, well, she got nominated for an, an, an Oscar for it, didn't she? Or I, um, she might have done. Or didn't, I can't remember. Uh, and then the most, of the second one, she is unconscious for. Yes, which is fair enough. And like you said, she has her big moment in three. Uh, and in this one, I think she has at least two big moments. Uh, I think she's great. I I I've really I warmed to her character because I could understand her a lot more in this film than Rocky, if that makes sense. I was more sympathetic for, with this character than her, um, him, because um, she's just she just wants her family to be happy. It doesn't matter where they, what they're doing or where they're going. They just want them to be together and as a unit, you know, home team kind of thing. Uh -huh. That's what they keep saying, and she can see the distraction of Tommy, Tommy Gunn. And she's trying to keep that balance between, well, I've got to let him be rocky a little bit, but I've also got to try and remind him, hey, there's a, a young boy here that could really deal with some tutorial. I, 
I think that kind of boils down to the crux of this and why this is far more less enjoyable Rocky film than most of the others is the fact as an audience we can see that he's making poor choices and we're not we're mm. not getting we can't get behind him do you know what I mean we're kind of because from an audience perspective we can see the scenes that he, that he isn't involved in with like Tommy Gunn talking to Duke and all of the and, and even then you can kind of see it you can see it signposted anyway like even the way like when Tommy first comes to stay and like he takes him down into the he, he offers out his son's room yeah down, straight away takes him down into the basement the kid's done an amazing thing he's done all his trophies up and then he's like hey Tommy let me show you a few things and then like his son's trying to tell him something like at school and he's like yeah 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 in a minute or there's that scene like you get that I think no I get I get what you mean I, he's Rocky is likable in every other film uh-huh. and and then somehow you get to this one, you're like, I don't really like this Rocky. Yeah, he, he's a bit one. He's a bit moany because he tries to put on a, a like safe face, like this is okay. But you can see that it's not, and this annoys him. But previously, I don't think that would have been a problem. Be like, hey, at least we still got each other on our health kind of thing. We're still together. My impressions are not as good as yours, so I'm not going to try. <laughs> hey, um, and you still got. Paulie's there. Even Paulie is more likable in this film than Rocky. Yeah, considering like Paulie in like one is like well, like my, like Paulie for, for for ages for me was like the ultimate villain of, yeah. of the franchise. He beat his sister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he's like he's like a repulsive man in the first one, and then like he's kind of is it two or no? Is it the opening of three where he kind of like is really like disillusion with rocky's success and stuff like that and like tries to fight him doesn't he and like stuff like that in the parking lot and he throws a bottle of whiskey at a pinball machine and stuff like that and like they nearly come to blows or whatever he's like you never you never brought me along rock he's like if you wanted a job you could have asked like kind of i i think that might even be in the first one i think that happens in each of the films to be honest yeah 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 but you're right he's he's at some point, Bert Young became like the like the comedic sideshow, and it definitely wasn't like that in the first one. He wasn't he wasn't dropping all the zingers like he does in in three, four, and five, and even sometimes in six. Yeah, yeah. Because what's that line he has um, at the beginning of this when they're asking about like at the press conference? Uh, I, I kind of want yeah. Let Let's talk about the two press conferences in this because I find them I find them both. Both highly enjoyable. We haven't talked about the Duke yet, either. Yeah, yeah. This is this is our perfect opportunity to talk about uh, Duke. Uh, what is it, George Washington Duke? Uh, yeah, yeah. But that, yeah, the at, at, at that press conference, they're like, "Mrs. Balboa, did you learn any Russian?" Paulie interrupts, going, "Ah, she's fluent in vodka." <laughs> <laughs> That's the Rocky I know and love. Sorry, Paulie, I know and love. That is. Um, so, yeah. These these two press conferences. So we get the one with Rocky like winning his big fight in Russia, coming back to home soil, and then we have the one with Tommy Gunn. And there's a standout character. I couldn't find the actor's name just because a lot of them it's kind of one credits. There's no photos attached to their IMDb. Yeah, yeah. But there's like a real like real sassy guy who like really like shouts down rocky and he's like the one who's really pushing for him to like like 
I saw you retiring. We got to know. We got to know. We got to know now. And then he's the same guy at the end who's like really laying into the Tommy Gunn as well, isn't he? He's like, oh, those, oh, those fights. You know I mean? uh, um, You're no Rocky. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much. Like, you didn't like him a minute ago. Yeah, like, and now you, you've. Union Kane was a paper champion. He's like, you're not a real champ. You know, he's like really going at him. Um, so in that first one, let's draw back to that. What did you, what were like, what are your impressions of George Washington Duke when he first turns up with the kind of, uh, was it Don King style? Yeah. Pomp and Only in America. God bless America. Uh, well, first of all, I was confused why the sun was there behind a mic. Yes. <laughs> It's like, what, what's he doing? He wasn't in Russia. And why is he 14? Uh, why, is he got, why has he got older? Um, I have no idea. Because even if they... And, and the fact that they've changed actors. So even the same... The, the, act, the actor they had in four, in 4 would have been the same age as mm. Sage Stallone, who unfortunately uh, passed away, I guess. So I should mention this. Yeah, he passed away in... 2012. Two years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but um, would have been the same age. I don't know why they couldn't have found an actor who was just younger. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm sure we would have forgiven them for the fact yeah. that it's a, di- a different kid. It's really jarring. It's really jarring. It's even jarring for me that I wasn't there at the time when they released it. I was like, oh, that he's clearly... He's a grown man now. He's got stubble. He's got an earring at the end of this film. I get. Um, I guess the but, the only reason I can think of the age jump is the fact that it, it services the plot in that they need they need this teenager who's kind of brist, bristling up against Rocky. Do you know what I mean? If it was like if it was like a nine year old, like <laughs> do you know what I mean? imagine, imagine that like, very different film. Yeah, a nine year old getting <laughs> mugged by. I think it's Eric from Entourage who plays the bully. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's Kevin Connolly. Yeah, gets to it, gets a few punches. Um, but that that first scene when Duke interrupts, I think that's a really good introduction of a character. Uh-huh. He really he doesn't come in quietly. He comes, you know, I'm going to turn this up to eleven. I've he's, he's well, we all know it's meant to be Don King. Yeah, yeah. And the guy next to him is a young, like, Mike Tyson. Uh-huh, yeah, uh, Union Kane. Yeah, yeah. And the way he takes over, that's actually a really good scene, apart from the weird uh, reporters asking him weird questions and putting him down, saying, you've got to let us know if you're retiring right now. No, you don't. You, you've just literally got off, like, yeah. a, a 17-hour flight or whatever it is. You can take your time, see your family, <laughs> and then announce if you're... If you're a, you're retiring, um, but yeah, the Duke guy's great. I, I found him in that. That's probably and like you said, the other, the other one are his best scenes, and he really chews a dialogue. He, re- I mean, he he looks at the page and thought, "This is toilet." <laughs> I think, but I can have and fun. And then I'm gonna have a great time. This and. You're, you're, I'm going to be the one you remember from this film, probably. Some of his standout stuff for me, Richard Gant, is during like the montages in this, when it's got all the fights going on, it's just like his reaction shots. And it's yeah. like, it's, I don't know, it's almost like 
you could see like the the you could almost like see that like money turning in his eyes, like the kind of glee that he has. It's like it's it's like John Lovett's eyes in the wedding singer when he realizes that Adam Sandler's character, he's gone insane. Yeah, yeah, he's he's lost his mind. He's like kind of he's constantly. And I'm living the benefit. <laughs> yeah, that is that is basically like his like Richard Gant's energy yeah, yeah. throughout this film. It's like and those reaction shots were yeah like the thing is one of the things that disappointed me with this and something i've talked about on every single episode when discussing the rocky films is the training montages and there is well robert jr gets a training montage but (laughs) he does don't he all the montages (laughs) we get are are just fight montages which i don't think are as as exciting, do you know what I mean? I've, the 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 fun and new way, inventive ways they came up with training and stuff like that were always great, especially in three and four. Yeah, yeah, like the and even two with the chicken. Yeah, you can you can catch a chicken, you can catch a man. Well, yeah, it shows it in the, what is it Creed when he tries that with Creed and he picks up the chicken straight away. He's like, oh, <laughs> it's quite <laughs> it's it's quite easy. Um, yes, it's. I've forgotten the question again. Um, yeah, it's just disappointing, right? That there's there's, there's no uh, montage, there's no, no 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 training. Oh yeah, no, because it's. I was thinking of that, that and the music. The, t- the music and the montages are the best thing. Even Rocky has a montage, <laughs> like that South Park clip. And no, there's nothing in this film like that. There's no standout things to tell about your friends in the playground the next day. Like, did you see when Rocky was like running up a mountain, or he was doing the pull-ups with like. The carriage with both Paulie, Duke, and Adrian on it. And yeah, like yeah. he's running up a mountain, he's running away from the fucking Russians, and yeah, it's brilliant. Or he's running along the beach and he's giving Polo the dodgy high fives yeah, yeah. and they're having a nice little cuddle and stuff. And there's nothing like that in this one. It lacks it lacks pretty much everything that makes a great Rocky film. Mm-hmm. Like the music, the montages, the great fighting scenes. Um the 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 ability to get you pumped to encourage you to be the best person you can be uh i don't think it has it I don't, any it's, it's kind of like it's it doesn't belong in this franchise and it doesn't even i i i would argue it doesn't even get the the drama right because obviously that first one there is a lot of kind of like character it's, it's almost like a character study and like it is a character piece yeah these two these two kind of disparate people falling in love where it's like when you get to this one it Feels it feels like it's torn between two worlds and kind of just doesn't just forgets to do either of the things that make either of them work. Yeah, it's yeah. Like if you're gonna make it a character piece, like really, like drill into that. Do you know what I mean? Like or kind of do what the first one does, where it's kind of a film of two halves. It's like it's really character focused at the beginning, and then in that second half is when we start to get to like the, the yeah. leading up to the fight and stuff like that. And like, I, I was recently, I, I've been trying to get my wife to watch Rocky for years. And I think she's been putting off because she just thought it was another like boxing sport movie. I was like, it's, it's not, it's, it, it does get to that. Don't, don't worry. It does. <laughs> by the time you get to four, it does get to the, the most boxing film you've ever seen. But this one is definitely about two people falling in love and trying to find their place in the world kind of thing. And once they found each other, everything kind of works and zips into one. You'll love it. You'll love it. And then, yeah, she didn't love it, but she, she was like, it's much better than I thought it was going to be. And it's, 
It's not the film I thought it yeah, was going to be. That was a big thing for me for years. Like I, I kind of had that. And I think what the franchise does so well is it invites you to fall in love with the character. So by the time when you get to four, you're kind of like, yeah, let's just see Rocky. Ha-, like, do you know what I mean? And Sylvester Stallone as Rocky have fun. Like, like, mm. like that film is. Let's just. You've earned it by that point. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You've kind of done all the kind of great character stuff. And like, even that, like the drama in that is like, that is the most kind of 1980s movie of all time, isn't it? Like, it's a, mm. it's a product of its time. But when Apollo dies, it really has like, it has an impact. Do you know what I mean? Like, seeing, seeing Duke on, on, it's like, throw in the towel. Oh, like, mate, oh. it's heartbreaking. First time watch that. And the no easy way out montage after that, which is such a simple montage with just him driving and then memories of those two having a great time boxing. That's a great montage. No easy way out. Yeah, that's <laughs> burning desires. It's great stuff in that film. And and like you said, it's the most 80s film. And I think with this one, they, they were trying to bring Rocky into a new era. But the problem is that they couldn't bring Rocky into an era because they got rid of the boxing. And 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 that new era hadn't started, right? It's kind of <laughs> yeah, like... so they didn't know what it was going to be. So like we said, they relied so heavily on MC Hammer. Like this guy, this guy's going to be the future. So we're going to drop all the music that has been so iconic for the last four or five films, which still holds up today, by the way. Uh, and, I can, and you can name lots of songs. Like Eye of the Tiger is is iconic uh can you name a song from rocky five uh without well you probably can because you've done your research today yeah yeah i well, one of them is called go for it because it's that yeah yeah well yeah. Just, call, just go for it yeah, go go for it go, yeah it's kind of got like a, go, go for it go, go, go for it go 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 it's got, kind of got that going on at some point it's like kind of stutter like some 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 record scratches and stuff like yeah it's terrible this is cool kids yeah, um, it's kind of, it's like, I think the sound, there's an element of this film that feels like a teacher sitting backwards on a chair. You know, like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, you don't, you don't quite, don't quite get it. And I think it is, I think it's always turn of the century can kind of go two ways. Do you know what I mean? Or, or there's always like a film like, I think when you get to like 1999, you have like a film like The Matrix, where it's like, it's blown off the doors of like, oh, this is what the future of cinema could look like. Yeah, yeah. And, or it can go the other way where a film is like, try something and it's like, oh, you just, nah, you didn't get it. Like, like this film is stuck between a boxing movie and trying to be dramatic. Mm. It's like it's kind of stuck between the 80s and what the 90s is going to become and kind of... Do you think, do you think Tom Lee Morrison's mullet didn't help? Uh, massively like massively didn't help and i don't i don't like i think he's perfectly serviceable as an actor in this film but like he's not the best you know what i mean he's not the best actor and he kind of you can kind of see on his face from moment one that he's he's no good do you know what i mean There's something oh, about i, I kind of like him in this film <laughs> i think I think a lot of them read the script and thought, I'm just going to really amp myself up for this. And I think Tommy Morrison is the same as, you know, Richard Gant. It's like, okay, I'm going to go a little bit big on this, the, the characters. Basically, they're trying to outdo each other in a bad movie. Well, I, I, And it's an aspect as well. If you're, if you're a 20-year-old, like, boxer and you're being asked, do you want to step into, a, a like, the fifth movie in a franchise, you're going to be like, well, yeah. 
you can ima- you can only imagine he's grown up watching Rocky movies. So like, yeah, what he would have been, yeah, he would have been five when the first one came out. So this probably would have been like, do you know what I mean? His bread and butter for years, just watching this kind of amping him up. So of course you're going to jump at the chance to be in it. Like I don't besmirch the guy for that. I just like, I don't know. When you think about Drago, you think about like Apollo Creed. You even think about Mr. Mr. T. T yeah. Do you know what I mean? There's like Cavalang, yeah. yeah. It's like these like real big personalities and like I don't. Well, sure. I think. I think. Well, they're they're the bad guys in the other films, and the bad guy in this film is not Tommy Morrison. It's it's the Duke. Yeah, yeah, that is true. But like, he is kind of like he's a pawn in the Duke's game, and he gets dragged into it. And sadly, you know, his mind is reversed. I think when it first starts, he he is he is what Rocky wants, and that's. He was going to do what he says. As soon as the Duke turns his head, basically, you know, it's it's the old story that money, women, you know, bright lights, yeah, all the promises. Cars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think then he was cursed. <laughs> um, as, yeah, as, as we start to wind things down, is is there any is is there any moments in this that we haven't spoken about? Any any things that you want to draw attention to before before we put a lid on it? Well, did they sell the robot? That must have been some money. Yeah, that should have been. Why wasn't that on like their the forecourt when they're kind of selling everything? You know what I mean? You got you got the motorbike, like yeah, the classic motorbike. Junior's told to get off of that. We're selling that kid. Yeah. Also, do you think do you think the balance is wrong between like the Tommy Morrison storyline and the the, the family kids storyline? I do you think they they melt and mesh together well enough i think there's too much going on you know what i mean like yeah there's because obviously there's there's like three plots going on at once right you've got like richard gant like like trying to pull him back into the into the ring you've got him trying to train tommy and then obviously that coincides with the kind of breakdown of his family, but then you've got kind of the what D plot of the son being bullied at school as well. Do you know what I mean? It's which which should have probably been the A plot if we were trying if they're trying to make a film like Rocky, Rocky, and a step away from Rocky Four, they should have lent in that more than mm-hmm. you know the mullet boxer and the big Don King wannabe kind of guy. It kind of just felt like you had too many ideas on the on, on the kind of yeah. On, on, on post-it notes up on the wall and went like, I'll, I'll just take them all as opposed to going, yeah, let's peel that one off and kind of go with this. Let's like, let's the main struggle be like, and I think there's, a, there's an interesting film in that thing of just letting your work and your life and your and the family life kind of like pull and push against each other. It's fascinating. And I think what has been kind of, great about like some of the rocky films is the kind of meta textual level they hold in in, Mm. like sylvester stallone's career because like when you get to two the kind of whole thrust of that film is rocky dealing with fame and you can imagine like sylvester stallone writing that from experience obviously coming off a rocky it's a oscar nominated film his kind of star is massively risen Mm. and then breeze kind of about like maintaining that and like there's elements of that and then 
what is like I'm trying to think of four. Four is like Well, four was he was he was looking at what was going on in the Cold War and it's like, I can do something about this. I have something to say and maybe it might help. And it, I and I think that again is about like being like the bit like the biggest star like one of the biggest stars in the world as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like just really leaning into action movies and how like cinema has changed since the first one like they're kind of two disparate films and then this one tries to really crash back down to what the first one is and, and falls flat on its face right i think so it's best... too jarring it's yeah. too jarring yeah i think there would have been a great yeah a great thing in like if because I imagine, I don't know, I imagine there there probably is an element of Sylvester Stallone. Probably one of the reasons he got his son to be in this was to spend more time with his son. Oh, right? yeah. Because I imagine Oh, wow. That... <laughs> Sorry, head, head blown there. <laughs> yeah, like, there probably was an aspect of him always, do you know what I mean? Whoever he's going to going to shoot, like, the Rambo films, he's probably doing them on, in lo- in, on location in Asia or, like... Yeah. Like, and then... Yeah, it's probably like that. That that I think is where his heart was telling him to go, and then he's obviously his head saying, "Oh, you got to have this boxing stuff." Like, and then it all just gets yeah. It's just too. It's too many Sylvester Stallone cooks in the kitchen. He's kind of he's really shit the shit the pudding. So when you watch it, you got to think they had the best intentions. I I I think so. I don't know. I don't think this is. What do you reckon? Do you think this is cynically made? Do you think this is a cash grab, or do you think like he, he's admitted he's come out and said, "Why did you make Robbie uh, Rocky Five? And he was like, "Because of greed, basically." So, and he's he, this is also his least favorite Rocky film. He's yeah. given this like zero. Yeah, I think Jonathan Ross asked him right, like yeah, to to give him a score out of ten. He said this one's zero. I think that's incredible. But even as bad as he thinks it is and it is in the Rocky franchise, compared to some other sequels and films that I've watched recently, it's all right. It's 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 all right. I mean, it is it is by far the worst Rocky film. There's there's no getting around that. There's no like you know, when you talk to some people about alien films, some people are like, oh, Alien Three is 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 brilliant or I like Matrix Two or stuff like that. And then I have not met one person that's gone, you know what, Rocky Five is is the best of the bunch. Yeah, nobody's doing like a kind of retrospective article going like, well, actually, guys, you were wrong about Rocky Five. Like everyone's kind of on a general consensus going, nah, it's, it's, it's the worst one. Yeah. But now, but, but now you're explaining to me that he probably wrote this film to spend more time with his son, and that's the plot in the film. I think... I think that's quite beautiful when you think of it like that. I, but it's like just, just, just don't make the film and spend time with your son. Yes, but he probably got paid. <laughs> he probably got paid lots of money to pay, be Rocky. And in nineteen ninety, I'd like to see what what part of his, you know, his career that was because there definitely was a slump. Uh, for the whole two thousands, pretty much the late nineties. Yeah, I think nineties were a confusing time for him. Right, you had like Demolition Man. You had. There's some ups and downs. Copland, when he tried to like something, he re- yeah, he kind of dabbled with like doing a like a big serious role because I mean I think Sylvester Stallone has been somebody who has been really confused in himself and kind of where he fits in Hollywood because as much as like 
he gets labelled as this kind of meathead. You've got to remember, this is the guy who wrote Rocky. Exactly, like, yeah. He's an amazing writer. He's really articulate. If you, Especially if you watch, like, interviews with him, especially some of those really early interviews. Really eloquent and, like, really well-read and intelligent guy and kind of got his head screwed on. But it's just something. I don't know, I don't know if it's those steroids in the 80s. Like, kind of like... And that, that rivalry between, like, Ar- Ar- Arnold Schwarzenegger kind of, like, really clouded his judgment and kind of like just threw him off course of what yeah what a great actor like all capitals actor he could have been did you watch the making of that that he put on amazon or youtube somewhere when he was re-editing uh the rocky four yeah 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 i think that's a really interesting because he knows the rocky character so well like he put of all his characters that's what he sees himself most as i would say it's not rambo or whatever it's the rocky because it's the it come from nothing gave the shot one in a million kind of shot to do it um and i think yeah he he is disappointed by rocky five but saying that it set him up perfectly for rocky six yeah like the point where you find him in rocky six he's still in the you know in the house living with paulie adrian's died he still hasn't got his or like I was, I'm not quite sure how much money he's got. A little bit of money now. He opens. He's opened a restaurant. He's got a nice suit. Um, but he seems to be happy with that life. I think the end of five sets up for that quite nicely, and especially the relationship with the son, which is also still not fully there in six. So, I think without Rocky five, we would never have got Rocky six, and we would never have got Creed. Yeah. So. I've- well, I think you know. Rocky Balboa is the kind of, is the one that is the return to the first Rocky in tone, right? Where this one massively misses the mark. And um, I guess we should mention as well, when we're talking about five, and obviously talk, you were mentioning about the re-edit of four, there has long been talks of Sylvester Stallone trying to go back into the editing bay and trying to salvage something out of this. There is actually online... There is something titled Rocky Five Director's Cut, which is a work print version of the film. Right. So there is like there is other stuff in there. I I haven't watched it because um you have to you have to sail the high seas, I think, to watch. Oh, the okay. So the film. you know what? I, I enjoyed his re-edit of Rocky Four. It's not my favourite version of Rocky Four. I like the original version. I think uh, with a lot of that stuff, and I, I've like I've said it elsewhere and I've heard it been said elsewhere. The best version of Rocky Four, somewhere in between. I think. Yes, probably. I, I think. I think there's like, if I if if I had like a computer that could handle it, I would I would tr- I would like slave away and try and make that edit. <laughs> yeah, I'd bring back Bridget Nixon's character. I feel like like I'm just gonna get rid of her because she's my ex-wife kind of thing. I don't know if I needed to see even Drago to have so much of a personality. I liked that he was like this Terminator uh, being that the Russians were just, you know, using as like a, a hired hand, this like, propaganda tool. I guess that like, yeah, he's kind of rewritten history and that like the way he's portrayed in Rocky versus Drago makes a lot more sense with the even Drago in Creed 2. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. this kind of like, broken man like pu- like do you know what I mean puppet for the soviet union kind of thing and like he yeah was te- uh, yeah more abused than just being like this terminator-esque character 
I, I would wonder, because that's what we do on our podcast, is wonder what about dream sequels and how other possibilities, you know, other timelines. I do wonder what another version of Rocky V would look like, especially a Stallone Rocky V when he's got the, his four hands on it kind of thing. I think that would be interesting. You know what? I would watch it. Yeah, of course. Of course. I, I'd like, I'd be there in a heartbeat for it. I'm sure, I'm not sure if it could be saved though. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I think you'd have to. Um... It depends what they got in the cutting room for. If this is the, the, the best version they thought of it, then yeah, maybe best not to touch it. But well, you know, I, I, I'm a simp for that kind of thing. I know there's some deleted scenes with Marie, the character from the first one who is reintroduced in Rocky Balboa as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like there's some deleted scenes of her. There's, yeah, I think there's more Mickey stuff, like more Mickey flashbacks and stuff like that. I feel like the Mickey flashbacks was not, this is where I'm going to go with it, is not how Mickey was. It's how Rocky's now remembering it because of his brain damage kind of thing. Is a possibility that I thought about earlier. So he's trying to settle that. Actually, Rick, Mickey really did love me. What do you think? You'll be happy to know as well with the uh, with the director's cut. There is more Bill Conti music rather than oh, the, the needle it, drops. It's probably the biggest problem with this film is the music. Uh huh. Yeah, I think it's just jarring. It's just weird. There's really weird creative choices throughout this movie. I reckon. I I reckon like the. <laughs> like swapping the music out for some bill conti could could save this film like half a star perhaps do you know what i mean like yeah that's really weird to say like and i think there's like one of the hip-hop songs as well sounds like it's gonna be like a kind of survivor style song and then kind of like has like a break and then it's like oh no here we are and i'm somebody who loves hip-hop you know mm. I, mean? I just don't love this flavor of kind of sanitized like I don't know, like what a what a parent thinks is cool hip hop. Well, then they do all this cool stuff, and then they stick Michael, Michael Bolton on the end. Yeah, which it, again was a weird choice. I was like, "Let's come on, what's going on with this movie?" Because <laughs> I guess they thought this was going to be the final one, right? Because I think in some some territories, this is titled "Rocky: The Final Round." Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, that's interesting. I think Stallone would have made these forever if he could. But like I said, he regretted killing off Apollo Creed. But he needed an adversary to bounce off. There's no one he bounces off on in this film. And he squanders the fact that they have they have they have Tony Burton's Duke. Yeah. Like and he's kind of like just I'd have much rather have seen him helping train Tommy Gunn and like some friction between them two. Do you know what I mean? There could have been, yeah, there could have been some great thing if it, they really focused on just the tension being between, even if it was like a, I don't know, there, there is a version of this film where it's him and Duke, uh, uh, the original Duke, not. Yeah, I, I got you. Yeah, <laughs> fucking hell. Uh, if those two were training Tommy Gunn, obviously Rocky's got the thing at home, but then those two start to have friction and like uh yeah maybe realizes that Tommy Gunn like Germain probably isn't the, and they could have they could have made Tommy Gunn a bit more of a villainous character and then it kind of comes round at the end that 
Duke leaves like kind of mid act, like yeah, second act or whatever, ends up helping Union Kane and stuff like that. And then it's like this big realization, the big thing, like the realization at the end is Rocky realizing he's back the wrong horse. Like that's yeah. like that's got a lot more tension in it than kind of that'd the be a good film. I think film. I think thinking about it, Creed is what this film wanted to be, if that makes sense. Uh huh. Because uh, it's kind of the same kind of thing, you know, uh, a person that comes to try and find Rocky to train him and then uses his knowledge to win and stuff. But Creed is a much, much better film. Yeah, it I is. guess I guess it's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I, think, I think Sylvester Stallone, despite his kind of opinions on the franchise now, he kind of... Well, that is be... another talking point, isn't <laughs> it? He's like, he seems to be like venomously against Creed Free, kind of like re, like is really against Ivan Winkler and Robert Chartoff, like kind of saying they torn my baby from my hands and stuff like that. I was like, like I, that happened a long time ago. Yeah, I would say that this is if you're looking for a point where that happens, Sly, it's number five. It's not 1990. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You you, you signed your own death warrant years ago. It's not Creed <laughs> free when we've had two quality Creed one and Creed two. That's not the point. This got silly. If anything, it got silly during the third one. But yeah, they were good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, I guess it's my chance to ask you like, if Rocky were to return in some capacity, would would you like to see that? And if so, what what, what would that be? Oh, well, I would like to him in Creed Free. I really would like to him seen that seen out that trilogy. Um, I'm glad he's not going to put like I I I, am I I don't know if you ever saw it, it was Grudge Match when it was De Niro versus Stallone. That, I haven't seen it. I've, I refused. <laughs> yeah, when he, that happened, that's 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 embarrassing. So I'm glad we haven't got into that situation now. Like, oh, let's get Rocky fighting again. No, no, no. I'm I'm quite happy of his role he had. In Creed and Creed Two, Creed he is incredible in. Mm-hmm. Like he should have won the Oscar that year, but I think Mark Rylance won it for Bridge of Spies. That should have been that should have been his. Yes, and I think that's the best he's played Rocky since Rocky. Okay. Rocky, yeah. Yeah, if yeah. that makes sense. But yeah, yeah. I would quite happy happy being him being the trainer still. Mm-hmm. I think Rocky is still a great character. I think the formula of those films. One, two, three, four, six, Creed one and two work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just this is the this is the pimple on the cow's ass. Like you right? said, it's it's too jarring, it's too mixed up. They had too many bad ideas in one film and it all got a little bit out of hand. I think they were looking at the paycheck before they were looking at the script and what goes into making no one plans to make a de- a bad film. This is what we yeah. sound on equal. Yeah, yeah, of course. Everyone has good intentions, but I do feel this one, they were like, okay, we've got the fan base already there. We're already looking at, they're already looking at the numbers when they release it. They're probably already looking at Rocky Six. Um, and it, they, yeah, they won't look too far ahead of themselves to get, get to that point. And when it all went wrong, I mean, it's still like you said, made over a hundred million dollars or whatever it was. So it's not bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not, but that's what critical success. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I would, I would fathom to think how it would fare today. Like, do you know what I mean? With, with, with like, with the internet, like people would have. It first would weekend, be brutal. Been, yeah, 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 yeah. 
with kind of what reviews kind of coming out two weeks sometimes before a film it would have been like <laughs> oh this no this wouldn't even been press screened they would have embargoed embargoed, embargoed day up of, the arsenal day of yeah, release. Day of release. yeah yeah which which in itself is kind of like a a bad sign good. a lot of the time isn't it like it's either normally it's 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 for stinkers or mcu yeah like don't want doesn't matter getting yeah getting released um so before we ring the final bell uh, there's a few more things we have to uh, take care of. The first of which is, is there any Coppola connections in this film? Is there anyone in front of or behind the camera who worked with the Coppolas elsewhere? Did you manage to find any, Dave? Well, you know, there's Tyler Sharon. I don't know if you've heard of her brother, Francis Ford Coppola. <laughs> yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's the obvious yeah. one. She's the Coppola. <laughs> No, I, I, I didn't. I, I, I tried really hard, but I couldn't find any. But hopefully, you've got some for me. I've got, I've got two quick ones. Uh, so okay, go. I know I've got one quick one, which is Nikki oh. Blair, who plays a fight promoter, also played Nikki, the casino host, in Godfather Part Three from the same year. <laughs> so we have, we have a direct <laughs> connection to Francis Ford Coppola. So. Moving on to rating this film, and Dave, how we do it here, we talk about wine. What would be the perfect wine pairing for this film? I, I did think about this, and I do like wine, but I can't tell you the difference. I know there's a red and a white, yeah. and my wife just puts it in front of me, and I drink it. But I like dessert wines okay. in, in particular, and I think, and I like a wine called ice wine. It's, I get it from Canada when I'm over there. And it's much sweeter and you don't, it's not like a massive glass. And basically they've frozen the grapes. So, so it's colder and you put it in a fridge before you drink it. Um, and I think that would go really nicely with Rocky Five because it's really sweet. And I think this film kind of needs you to be smiling and think, oh, this is a good ending to a meal kind of thing. And it's kind of playing tricks on you like, oh, this is, this is really nice. And now you, you're watching Rocky and you're like, okay, at least I'm enjoying the drink kind of thing and sipping it while you're watching what well, at this point was the end of a franchise. So so, so this is to counterbalance what you're seeing on screen, right? This is so you can have some yeah. enjoyment. I, 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 okay, so, uh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think, if anything, this wine, unfortunately, I've got to agree with you, something sweet would, would be a good pairing with this, but it's going to have a weird aftertaste. Which I think uh, to, to to bring it back to the film, I think I think it's got it's got to just because we yeah it's uh, the film the film, uh, yeah, of, the film I agree of. with that. <laughs> it does it does leave a bitter taste in your mouth the drink and the film. Yes, but I, I like the taste, and I'm trying to be positive about it, mate. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. It's uh, it's 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 the worst of a good bunch. Let's yes, let's just put it at that. Let's put it. At, let's not, like it's easy to kind of. I think we've. I don't know. We tried not to just trash this film, and it, but it. I. It really doesn't help itself. Um. So how much are we paying for this wine? AKA, is the film any good? Is it bottom shelf, middle shelf, or top shelf? Well, it's definitely not top shelf. Okay, uh, and I. Ice wine used to be really hard to find in this country a few years ago, and it used to be really expensive because they have to import it. But now they do it in Aldi in Lidl, so uh, it's it's middle shelf. I can't go. I can't put a Rocky film in 
bottom shelf. I'm sorry. I, I'm going to say it's it's middle shelf with a yellow sticker. <laughs> a whoopsie. Yeah. A whoopsie. Yeah. It's got a whoopsie sticker at least. Yeah. It's not going to be for everyone's taste, this one. Uh-huh. I think. Um, yeah, there's there's a chip in the bottle, so they've had to knock off a couple of quid. Do you know what I, mean? I, I would about to say it's a really nice looking label and you think, oh, wow, Rocky. That's great. I might try that. And then you try it and you're like, oh, that's disappointing. But it's not bad. <laughs> that's perfect. That's perfect. So based on this film alone, Dave, yeah. are the Coppola's the greatest film family of all time? Yes. Based on yeah. this film alone? Oh, uh, well, do you want to, uh, Yeah. I, I, <laughs> no. I'm <panicking>. <laughs> <laughs> I really like the family. I think they do lots of good films. Uh, and I thought I thought Tyler is really good in this film. And like I said, it's not my worst ever film. It's not even my worst ever sequel. We won't even get anywhere close to that. Um, I think she pulls it back. I think her. Yeah, I, I, I can, I can, I can, I can. I can she's your a logic. bright star in this film. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, I like the Coplers, but I could have done without. Oh no. I don't know what's going on anymore. Yes, no, no, keep them, keep them. I'm going to go and keep them. Yeah, so yes, they are They are the greatest film y- fans of all time. Perfect. So They really are. They are, though. Yeah, there's, <laughs> yeah. there's a lot of them, do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so let me ask you this, Dave. Which Coppola family member would you keep, but in doing so you get rid of the entire filmographies of the rest of the family? I listen to a lot of your episodes, and a lot of people struggle with this. As um, they should. <laughs> but if you gave me a choice of like either well there's three options isn't there for me there's the lost in translation film sophia there's francis for cobbler and then there's nicholas cage mm-hmm. and if you ask me what films can i not do with the rest of my life it'll be the nicholas cage films Perfect. like the rock con air face off gone in 60 seconds yes the godfather part two and the godfather are better films. Apocalypse Now is a better film. You know, a lot of the Jason Schwartzman films are better films. The Rocky films are better films. But for I can't live without The Rock. I can't <laughs> live without Con Air. Uh, it, they make me much happier. I can sit down and watch them a lot easier than I can. Like, how many times are you going to watch The Godfather Part 2? Honestly, guys. Yeah, yeah, but you're yeah. going to watch Con Air and The Rock and stuff <laughs> literally most weekends, aren't you? Yeah, because normally, so, normally no, I, I, two are I, playing them. Yeah, I, I, I think, yes, Nicolas Cage has done a few duds, but when he's on top draw, it's not only are they good films, they're highly entertaining and they're the most rewatchable out of the family. And even some of the stinkers are kind of watchable because of him. And he's always like as somebody who's uh, waded through all of them. And I say that positively. Uh, um, there is there is still kind of diamonds in the rough of 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 especially that 2010 stretch where it's kind of uh he was churning out five six films a year it's still it's he's still delivering something that is watchable at least and now we're through that and we're getting gold like pig yes exactly we're, we're kind of we're on we're on the precipice of a new new era of cage and uh mm. Long, blessed long long may he live uh absolutely so 
Now, let me ask you possibly the most important question of this podcast, Dave, which is, what does Bill Murray say to Scarlett Johansson at the end of Lost in Translation? Oh, again, I've listened to a lot, and a lot of people give some funny answers, and some give serious answers, so I'll give you one. I'll give you just one of each. The funny one is, which I've always wondered is what won't meatloaf do for love? <laughs> right. I've always wondered that. Um, but the serious one is uh, that Bill Murray was just telling Scarlett Johansson's character just to believe in herself a bit more because I was the same age at that point when I watched uh, Lost in Translation. Um, I'm the same age as pretty much Scarlett Johansson. And, and if I had that advice, someone telling me that advice when I was that age, uh, life would have been a lot easier for the next 10 years. Oh. Just back yourself a bit more. That's beautiful. Believe in, believe in yourself. But also, what won't meet life do for love? So, yeah. not, not, maybe you could have said, go for it. Oh, just go for it. <laughs> oh, fucking lazy writing is that. <laughs> <laughs> go for it. Do you know what I mean? The first thing up on the whiteboard. Yeah, let's have it. What, let's what's have called it. Nike? What are they saying? <laughs> just do it. All right, scribble that word out. Just go. Done it. Go for it. You've done it, it again. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing, Dave. Uh, yeah, no, that is a that is a beautiful kind of. I think a, a lovely. If there's any young listeners, or even if you're older and you're kind of a bit lost in life, that that is a perfect kind of bit of advice, right? Just kind of pick yourself up. I, I like. I sometimes I feel arrogant doing it. I sometimes do it on the social channels for this here podcast, like. I will be like, hey, I'm fucking doing some, I, I, I really back what I'm doing here. I think it's really yeah, great. Yeah. And you feel like an arsehole for saying it, but it's like, ah, like, believe, like, do you know what I mean? I have a bit more, like, I'm just trying to have some belief in myself. I don't know. Like, I'm worried sometimes of sound like Kanye West. Do you know what I mean? Going, I'm a fucking God. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying going that far, but yeah, literally yeah, yeah. just, yeah, believe in yourself a bit more. Yeah. You'll be amazed what you can do. So. Yeah, that's my, that's what I reckon he said to her. Amazing. Well, where can people find you for any more pearls of wisdom? Like, just believe in yourself, Dave. Uh, this is Rich's nor normally job to do the social bits, but we are on uh, Twitter and Instagram at unequal sequel. Um, we've got, a, a, you can email us because we're set back in the 80s at unequal sequel at hotmail.com. Uh, Rich has just set up a, uh, a website, so please visit that because it, it took him about a bloody year to do that thing. <laughs> uh, uh, we are on, you can listen to us, we're everywhere, Spotify, Apple, you know, all the normal places, Google, I'm not quite sure. Uh, and you can just find us unequal sequel. We've done, we're about to start our fourth season. We've had some top guests that both of us have had now, the the brilliant Nick Helm, uh, Stu Whiffin, um, but yeah, Petros might be coming up, in, <laughs> coming up this season, and yeah, just join it. It's 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 not it's a, quite a relaxed talking to films, and we have a good laugh. And... Yes, it's it's, it's, it's uh, I'll say this to your face: it's a lot of fun. I, I always love it. I remember first listening to that Sean Walsh episode and just being like, "Oh yes, I, I love it!" Like not only because I think he's fantastic, but the 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 premise of the podcast kind of like. It's one of those winning formulas, and I think, I think you, you guys as well are charming fellas and, yeah, gr great fun to listen to, even, even sometimes. That's, that's, 
That's what twenty years of friendship can do. Yeah. You come, you come when, for the, when... you come for the, you come for the guests. You, you end up having two, two new friends at the end of it. I, I wish we could sit there and say we could take all the credit for it, but a lot of it has happened accidentally. <laughs> like originally, it was just what is your best, worst, and dream sequel, and then from that. We've got these wonderful stories about youth and growing up and families and seeing it with your friends and family and stuff like that. And it's 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 more than I expected. And it's what I really enjoy about it is the, those stories and those stories from people that I like listening to, like yourselves and everyone else. Um, it's 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 been really fun. Well, Dave, thank you so much for coming and making some Copa connections with You're me. You're welcome. Thank you for inviting me. There we have it. A farewell to our boy, Rocky Balboa, on this here podcast. It's a, it's a real sad time. I'm going to miss I'm gonna miss talking about the old rockster. Um, a massive thank you once again to Dave Curtis for joining me. Uh, please do be sure to check out his podcast. It is very great. Uh, he's had some previous guests on this podcast over there, so... Fantastic Nick Helm has cropped up, uh, popped up, cropped up, popped up. Uh, he's had the uh, Rich Wilson has also been a guest on his dear podcast, as has uh, Helen O'Hara and Chris Hewitt. And oh, I know about a guest that they've got coming up who is very exciting. It's a previous guest from this here podcast. All I'll say is nothing because it's not my place to say um yeah and thank you to you guys for listening hope you enjoyed this if you feel the same about rocky five or if you feel differently if you thought that me and dave are a bit too hard on the film please don't hesitate to let us know you can uh, catch me on all of the socials that is twitter instagram facebook letterbox tiktok at caged in pod or you can drop me an email as always at um caged in pod at gmail.com as for next week we will be having a look at the david o russell film i heart huckabees which uh, gives us a double copla connection not only do we have talia shire once again we also have her dear son jason schwartzman in that film which has uh, proved to be quite divisive. When I recently tweeted out what are going to be the next batch of films covered on, on the pod, a lot of people were saying, good luck with I Heart Huckabees. Um, it's the first time watch for me. I haven't watched it as of yet. So I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see where I fall on it. Maybe I'll enjoy it. My, my guest, um, yeah, it's Alex Cronenberg, who is a big fan of the film. So... I imagine he's he's got a lot to say about it and it'll be interesting if I think it is terrible because then uh, it might end up in a big old ding dong. One quick thing as well. I said something in the intro. I said we haven't been together for a month. I don't mean that obviously the podcast has still been here and if you haven't listened to mine and Will Chitch's uh, chats all about the offer the paramount limited series looking at the making of the godfather do go back and listen to that because there's 
it's it's really great i'm really proud of that it's been really fun having a co-host for a for a considerable amount of time instead of just um a different guest obviously i love speaking to all the different guests but it's a different dynamic to have that same person week in week out to bounce off of and within that there was some great interview episodes as well if i do say so myself there was um a fantastic patrick gallo who played uh, mario puzo on the show and dan fogler lad, ladies and gentlemen dan fucking fogler who um yeah is a big deal right dan fogler is a big deal and he plays francis ford coppola on that show so maybe the closest i'll ever get to speaking to francis ford coppola is speaking to dan fogler who acted as Coppola. Um, yeah, that was, a, that was a really great chat. Dan was very, very gracious with his time and gave me a full hour to chat to him. He kind of said at the beginning of it, like, how long is this going to be? I went, well, how long have you got? And then I think uh, with my idiot charm, I kind of won him over somewhat. And yeah, he probably gave me more time than he uh, had initially planned to when I, <laughs> when I asked him. I don't know. That's That's an assumption on my part entirely um so if you enjoyed this episode or you enjoy any episode of the podcast please don't hesitate to take uh, two minutes out of your time to rate review and subscribe on apple podcasts spotify or whatever you're listening to this right now so um if you're on apple podcasts please leave a rating review it really does it really does mean something it really helps us boost up them charts and get seen by a lot more eyes and if you're leaving a review always remember to to let me know what you think bill murray says to scarlett johansson at the end of lost in translation because i want to start reading them out on the podcast or i don't know you leave a review i'm gonna just start reading them out guys because sometimes uh i i don't know i need a little bit of a boost so reading those out uh might make them a little bit more real than me just reading them inside of my head so as always i have been petrus patsilivus your guide through the crazy world of the coppola family tree so please do join us next week when we discuss i heart huckabees and remember to always keep it caged in 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This podcast is presented by the Breadcrumbs Collective, home of the Pod Charles Cinecast, Caged In Coppola Connections, A Drip Town Limery, Maine, Franchised, and many more to come. Our shows are all presented ad-free and made possible by listeners like you. Please support our shows by subscribing, leaving ratings and reviews, and becoming patrons at patreon.com. If you'd like to learn more about Breadcrumbs, head over to breadcrumbscollective.com. Breadcrumbs. It's more than a podcast network. It's family.